friends, from as long as I can remember, I knew two things from the depths of my soul. Number one, that I was different from my girlfriends. Two words. I didn't know how to describe that difference other than as I got into junior high, some of my girlfriends, two words, became my girlfriends. One word. Y'all with me? I knew that I felt about some girls the way most girls felt about some boys in our school. But I never said a word other to a very close circle until I was 28 years old. It was at that time that I was told by the pastor of the church I grew up in that I could never lead any activity and sing. I could never sing solos, lead any activity. I couldn't sing in the choir. But he and the male elders would be happy to pray over me at the altar. Uh, no thanks, I said. And I left organized church for seven years. Thanks be to God, after spending some time in a spiritual wilderness of sorts with a lot of temptations, some of which I succumbed to, I found an inclusive faith community that literally saved my spiritual life. And the rest, as they say, is history. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. The second thing I've known since as long as I can remember is that I wanted to be a preacher and a singer. And because I had only seen men in these leadership roles as a kid growing up in an Appalachian Southern Baptist church, I knew that somehow I needed to dress the part. Anyway, I never felt comfortable, Mama, in those lacy dresses and patent leather shoes that you dressed me in until I could protest. So getting my daddy, whose birthday was yesterday, which is the day I intentionally launched this church, getting my daddy to spend hours teaching me how to tie a perfect tie. Kenny, what do you think? Yeah. It did two things when he taught me that. It allowed me to play dress up in a way that felt much more authentic to me, even freeing me, I must say. And it allowed me to step into the role of a preacher and a song leader and play church, which was by far my favorite thing to do inside the house, my favorite way to entertain myself. With my faithful audience of stuffed animals and dolls, they did come in handy for something, put on the bunk bed so I had a balcony audience, I would do one-stop church. I would lead the singing. I would preach. Now, Mom would come in the door when I started doing the altar call, but I was just modeling what I had seen at my church. And with the imaginative amens and preach on, I would keep on in my room for hours at a time. But, but I knew that my becoming a preacher was impossible. Oh, I heard the call that they talk about when I was a young teenager. Week after week, when I would hear the pastor give that invitation, which would include coming forward if we felt God was calling us to ministry. Week after week, I'd grab that pew tightly because I knew that I felt the call, but that the invitation wasn't really for me. It was for the boys in the sanctuary. 
None of which, by the way, in my entire time there ever went forward to claim their call to ministry. I wish someone had shared with me from the prophet Jeremiah. To be honest, I didn't hear many sermons from the First Testament. A church focused on personal salvation and repentance and the life hereafter, they just didn't spend much time on educating folks about our first faith ancestors. You know, those who weathered the battles against powerful foes, who made extreme actions of wars and oppression to stamp them out and to stamp out their faith in the capital G God. And in that whole process, they viciously murdered their kinfolk, destroyed their most sacred space, the temple, not once but twice, hundreds of years apart. Oh, I wish someone had outlined this circling of the faith. How they'd experienced mountaintop highs. You know, Pam, like Moses when he received the commandments and saw that burning bush you talked about in your ordination. And the valley lows. Same guy Moses who comes down the mountain and he just found his people all to hell and he just temporarily left to bring them back something from their creator. Oh, how I wish someone had focus on these early ancestors and the lessons we can take from them. The good, the bad, the ugly, the highlights and the behind the scenes, the women, oh, the women of the First Testament who also felt a call similar to mine. And similar to what Prophet Jeremiah heard, Rahab and Ruth, Rebecca and Rachel, Miriam, Eve. Oh, I heard a lot about Eve. Create him from Adam's rib. That's one of the creation stories. But in the other, they're created at the same time. A small little detail no one bothered to tell me until I went to seminary. See, that way the roles of women could be subservient and justified. Separate sermon for another day. I heard about Eve eating the fruits, which doomed us all to hell. I thought that was pretty drastic. But when I got to studying for myself and to interpret these female ancestors for myself, I know that all these women, including Eve, heard the same Creator God that Jeremiah said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I consecrated you. Oh yeah, friends, how I wish someone had opened me up to the possibility that I could insert my name into Jeremiah's prophecy. As I was wrestling with that pew in front of me, listening to an exclusive invitation that didn't include women in ministry, what if one had said to me way back then, Marcia, do not be afraid of them, for I'm with you, and I'll deliver you, says the Lord. Well, just maybe, maybe I would have kept reading to chapter 29. And I would have been so bold to insert my name again into verse 8. Marcia, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you. And don't listen to the dreams they dream. For it's a lie that they're prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord, mic drop. Friends, what Jeremiah was speaking against was the idea that temple worship was the one-all be-all. And following the rules without making a difference in their living was hypocrisy. Jeremiah is the second longest book in the Bible in terms of pages, surpassed only by the book of Psalms. But I have to tell you all, I don't remember one single sermon from Jeremiah until I found that inclusive faith community that welcomed me not only into their church, 
but into a faith journey that would circle me back to my teenage years when I pushed aside that call to ministry. Hearing the challenge to make Scripture real in my life dared me to answer God's call for my life. Can I just say that again? Hearing the challenge to make Scripture become real in my life dared me to answer God's call for my life. To hear that it was never too late. Kenny, that beautiful song you sing. That contrary to what I'd been taught, an authentic faith journey wasn't an emotional one and done salvation, but rather a journey that would take me from valley to mountain and circling back and up and down again. As Cindy Lauper would say, if you fall, I will catch you and be waiting time after time. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. I believe that Jeremiah's prophecies still ring true for me and for you and for this beloved church who turned 10 years old yesterday. I love to tell the story of this new church launch. And so if you want the detailed version, let me know. We'll find a time to share it because it never gets old to me. But here's the cliff notes. For several years, the United Church of Christ in Indiana and Kentucky, based out of Indianapolis, had been dreaming and yearning for a new UCC congregation to be birthed in Lexington. And the irony, it was about the time of their dreaming when I came out of my spiritual wilderness and found a church. Yet I'd never heard of the United Church of Christ. Now look, I'd heard of the Church of Christ. But I knew their beliefs and I wasn't going to fit any better than the Southern Baptist Church. So while the conference was dreaming and praying about a new church start, I was being molded and loved and affirmed by a church community who invited me to consider a different way to interpret Scripture and God. Not better or less, but different. To me, it was more open and more authentic. It was more real. And the idea of interpreting Scripture for my own life versus submitting to a specific set of rules and doctrines really rocked my spiritual world in good ways and in bad. See, it's harder, friends, when the church, capital C, doesn't give us boxes to check for what we believe or who's welcome at certain sacraments like baptism or communion, or who and what you're supposed to do to become a church member. It's hard work to study for ourselves, to, to do the behind-the-scenes stuff, to admit our doubts and form our questions without feeling like we're unfaithful when we do that. Some of you have heard this story before, but since it's our church birthday, allow me to share it again. My mom was going with me my last semester of seminary, and I was getting all my stack of books. It was over at Woodhill at Cokesbury that's since closed. And, and I had a Hebrew dictionary, and I had a Greek dictionary, and she said to me, Baby, that's a lot of books. Why do you need all of those? I said, Well, Mama, I've got to break down these words in the original language so I can try to figure out what it means. And she said, it's just easier for somebody to tell me what to believe. If we might dare, as we have for these past ten years, let's put our church in the words of Jeremiah. First, let's circle back to January 9, 2011, when few believed we'd make it. And when others in the conference, quite frankly, were disappointed. 
that after their years of dreaming, the called pastor to launch the dream would be a community-involved lesbian. Let's circle back to those dozen who came every other Sunday for nine months. And then every Sunday. Who put a dollar or a dime in the offering plate. Who eventually one by one either left their congregations that didn't seem authentic or they were like me, they found their way back home. Let's circle back to those early years and hear this. Bluegrass United Church of Christ, before I knew you, I formed you in the womb and I consecrated you for a purpose. Think of that. Think that all the while we were sweating and circling the drains, wondering if our little church start would find its wings. God knew. God knew. I didn't always know, but God did. I didn't always believe that we'd cross particular threshold or jump through hurdles that all churches go through, but God knew we would. And here's some more truth, friends. There's a time or two that I was ready to give up and give in, which is uncharacteristic of me. But God knew I wasn't going to do that either. Because, B-U-C-C, before we were even birthed, God consecrated us for good works, for good fellowship, to become this loving, authentic, sometimes messy, but always beautiful church family. And when we begin to believe as strongly in ourselves as God does, look out. Kenny and Timmy, this is our story. This is our song. Praising our Savior all the day long. This is our story. This is our song. Praising our Ten years of blood, sweat, and tears. Ten years of mountains and ten years with a few valleys. But you know what? As much as we celebrate these ten years, we have beneath our wings many, many more years. Because about three years in, we joined with Emmanuel United Church of Christ, a church who had been in this sacred space we now call home for over 50 years. If you know this story of Bluegrass United Church of Christ, a progressive theological congregation as diverse as you'll find, join with Emmanuel UCC, predominantly black congregation, as conservative as you could find. Suffice it to say, there were many who counseled me not to attempt to blend. They said, Marcia, Emmanuel left the denomination because of the denomination's support of marriage equality in 2005. Yes, friends, you heard that date, right? This will never work. Because not only you, but your worship leader, you're both gay. They will never accept you as their pastors. Never. They said, you are wide open theologically, Marsh. 
You invite your parishioners to think for themselves, to take what they need and leave the rest, to welcome everyone into the circle of God's love and grace. And you're diverse in that you have everybody from high Catholics to speaking in tongue Pentecostals. And they said, you can't preach like a black preacher. And y'all can't sing black spirituals. We just saw Exhibit A, I think. Miss Hattie's life celebration. And they said, many of them said, it will not work, Marcia. You're making a mistake that could cost you the early success of the church start. This church means a world to me. Because I was raised in the Southern Baptist Church. And there were so many things that I didn't even know until you all came here. And it made me stop and think. That's why I, I'm never going to leave this church. Never. When I leave this church, it's because God has taken me. But until then, I will be right here. This is my family. Away from my family. Ah. <laughs> uh. In addition to Emmanuel Matriarchs, Miss Elnora, Miss Hattie, in my ear, my brother Jeremiah was always in the background. Do you remember church? Do you remember when we've been bold together and doing some scripture editing and interpretation of our own? Us reading together without saying a word or even making a reference, yet living into it fully. Chapter 29 of Jeremiah, us being so bold as to insert our name into verse 8. Bluegrass United Church of Christ, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it's a lie that they're prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. Oh no, beloved church. Let us never listen to the dreams that others dream for us. Let us listen to God's dreams for us. Let us move from this 10th birthday celebration and dream of the 100th birthday celebration. When we'll no longer be here, well, maybe some of our little ones won't if they have good health, but when we'll be but spirits blowing through this space, reminding the current carriers of this faith community that they too are going to make it, that they're going to make a difference like we are. Let us dream our dreams and let us make them big and meaningful and authentic and loving. Let us believe in ourselves as much as God believes in us. Remembering that before we met in that borrowed chapel for the very first time, back on January 9th of 2011, God had already consecrated us for a special purpose and a special ministry. Unlike any I've ever experienced or heard of in my life. See, God knew what we could become if we'd answer the call and get out of the way. So brothers and sisters, let us carry on the faith of all of our ancestors, including the one whose life we celebrated in this space the last time we were together in person before COVID. For if we listen to Miss Elnora... And if we listen to the prophets like Jeremiah, we'll circle over and over again, but we'll always come back to the center of our foundation. A believe that the God who has carried us thus far is always steps ahead of us waiting on us to catch up. That God 
will carry us through whatever we face together as a church family, even a pandemic. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the next year, for the next 10 years, for the next new member, for the next baby dedication. I can't wait to see what the new ways to serve and to give back to our community are going to be. New dreams. Just how radical are we willing to be? How big can we dream? And I'm going to commit something to you because I know the hearts of Pam and Kenny. In partnership with them, we will prayerfully and diligently serve you the best way we know how with all of the honor and blessings that that gives us. Bluegrass, United Church of Christ, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you for a very special ministry. Brothers and sisters, as we circle around in the days, months, and years ahead, May we remember this promise from God. And may this assurance be the wind as we circle back and move forward over and over and over again. For this is our story. This is our song. Praising our Savior all the day long. This is our story, and this is our song. Praising my Savior. Thanks for listening to the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. During the pandemic, we meet online on our Facebook page, on our YouTube channel, and on our website. You can find out more at bluegrasschurch.org.